0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio.
1: We continue to wait for news as to what the big 10 might do about Michigan. It may come down today. It may not. We're sitting and waiting. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio on Sirius XM channel 80, but there are definitely different types of fallout from this that are fascinating to begin with. And, The thing that I think really caught my attention this morning, Joseph, was just how much you have to now consider what potentially has gone on at Michigan over the last three years versus what kind of talent level Michigan has had. And what really uh, jumped out this morning was a a graphic that they had on GetUp. And it was outlining between... Uh, Jim Harbaugh's years at Michigan from 2015 to 2020 and then from 2021 on to now and the record that Michigan has during that time. Now, just this reminder that Pete Thamel checked in with this today about Michigan and about how long this has all been going on. I think there's a distinct
2: line of delineation between the Michigan allegations and then those allegations that emerged in the last 48 hours regarding multiple Big Ten schools, uh, and it's fairly simple. Multiple sources told me today that the Big Ten has not received word from the NCAA about any other sign-stealing investigation that the NCAA is looking into, other than the Michigan one, and. At the heart of this matter is that the Michigan scheme, as it's been alleged and laid out in media reports, is a 3-year-long wide-ranging scheme based on multiple allegedly illicit activities, that is in-person sign stealing of at opponents games and electronic signal stealing. Again, 3 years
1: long, right? So Joe 2015 to 2020 Harbaugh was 49 and 22 at Michigan. Last 3 years he's 34 and 3. Um, point differential, 13 points uh, those first five years, 25 points now. Uh, against Ohio State, 0-5 those first five years, 2-0. and 0. Big Ten titles and playoff appearances, two each the last three years. I, I, I want to be careful here because I think it takes away a lot from the players who were involved because I've seen this program during that entire time. And I'm telling you, there is no question that they have recruited on an exceptionally high level over the last four years, and that plays a huge role. But it's very difficult to ignore those kind of numbers when we're talking about the span of time that this has gone on.
2: Well, we're drawing that line, and we're saying everything that happened before this, not very good. Everything that happened after this line, very, very good. Very impressive. And then we're saying that this is the time when the sign-stealing became very prevalent with Michigan. It's also the exact window that NIL started. July of 2021 was when NIL started and teams could go out and start getting deals done for players to come to town. The transfer portal in that same window became a very real thing. The transfer portal didn't exist 20 years ago. Guys weren't bouncing all over the place the way they are now. So at this same window, at this same juncture in time, we're saying, or we're we're. The hypothesis here is that the sign stealing started at this point, and as a result, Michigan got much better. That's probably just part of the story. NIL probably helped them because, last I checked, Michigan's got some very wealthy boosters. The transfer portal probably helped them as well. So it's a confluence of factors that are coming together to produce those results. I'm not going to sit here and say they got great because they're stealing signs. I think a lot happened in the last three seasons that led to them being great, part of it. Part of it has to do with the sign-stealing scandal.
1: Okay, but we do have to throw this part in, too. Michigan, last year, is facing TCU in the college football playoff, right?
2: Aware of it, yep. Yeah. Great game. Yeah. Mm. That's great. What are you talking about? Yeah. Listen. you mean, uh no, listen. Who that is the, followed by Georgia, Ohio State was an outstanding. Georgia, day of Ohio football. State was an amazing game too. Yes, but Michigan I mean, listen, was also a good game. Oh, okay,
1: all right, settle down.
2: I was about to get really upset there. That was a great day of football I, last year. I, Don't I you understand. dare slander
1: it. I understand. It was fifty-one forty-five game. I get it totally. What is the one game that it hasn't been able to be confirmed yet that they were able to? At least scout in person over the last few years. Here's Heather Dinnich. One point to answer your question on that, Greeny. There
0: was one school that I was not able to confirm Connor Stallions was at to scout, and that was TCU.
2: See? I mean, how what how am I supposed to treat that? Good God, Dinich. Like just every day she slides in, all nice, smiling, friendly, drops a bomb, and then just moves on with her. Oh hat. yeah. Oh, and now yeah. here we are with two hours left in the show to break this whole thing down. And that's okay. not enough time. I'm but sorry. But how
1: am I supposed to look at that, right? I'll tell you how to look
2: at it. I'll tell you how to look at it. Nobody saw TCU coming last year. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Why would they have advanced scouted them? Why would Connor Stallions have gone to TCU last year? Nobody saw that happening. Wasn't that well, year one of to, Sonny
1: Dykes? Well, you get to a point where, you know, it's later in the year and they're undefeated. You have to start to look at it. Poor, Connor Stallions wasn't doing his job. Yeah. That's really what I'm getting really at. Really
2: slacking when it came to the Big 12 last year, Stallions. <laughs> really slacking. Really on the Big a 12. bad feel for what was truly going on. Classic with- situation where it's like, yeah, hey, the Big 12, Pac 12, we don't need to worry about them. <laughs> I, listen, the, um, when you have guys
1: a couple of years ago, like Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo on both ends of a defensive line, you're going to be dominant. Like, that's going to happen. So it's very difficult for me to sit here and make the direct correlation that those graphics would suggest 49 and 22, the first five years, 34 and three. I, I never once sat there and thought Michigan knows everything that the other teams are doing. As I'm watching them, I thought, wow, they've got some really, really good players. And I think Aiden Hutchinson has gone on to the NFL and shown that to be true. Other players have gone on to the league and, and shown that to be true. And Blake Corum is a great, great running back. Donovan Edwards is not far behind him. So I don't want to take anything away from the kids here because I don't think, I say kids, these players, because it shouldn't have anything to do with that. But, Joe, I can't ignore it. I can't ignore it. Because I just think that's burying your head in the sand.
2: No, I agree with it. And it has to be mentioned. There are a lot of factors that came into play, but obviously this was one of them. Obviously. They've had tremendous results dating back to when we have evidence showing that this was taking place. We talk about punishment. We're awaiting what the Big Ten's going to do, the NCAA, all this. We talk about how Harbaugh could end up being like Pete Carroll and some of these other guys where you're able to leave and the kids in the program are left to deal with the fallout while you go on to something else. I'll tell you something. These aren't your classic run of the mill, like recruiting violations, right? Improper benefits, which no one really cared about. The way people. Which, see, by the way, is still being investigated. Still being investigated. <laughs> still being investigated. When all's said and done here, think about the damage this is going to do to Harbaugh's reputation. Think about that for a second. I don't know if he cares. I don't know how many people weigh in on something like that. But let's be honest. There are a handful of individuals throughout time who have gone through different varieties of scandals. I'm not trying to put them all on the same line. I'm just going to say, look at how Lance Armstrong was viewed before and after. Look at how Barry Bonds was viewed before and after. Jim Harbaugh in the after of this, if he ever gets a championship, anything that happens moving forward, I mean, he's dirty. That's how it's going to be viewed. It's whether you like okay. it or not, whether you agree with it or not, he is going to be viewed as dirty moving forward. Let
1: me ask you this. Legitimately, right now, with all of this going on, if the investigation actually concludes before he were to leave Michigan and go to the NFL, would anybody in the NFL at that point, if it says, hey, Harbaugh cheated here and he did it to this degree, no? anybody going to hire him?
2: Oh, Oh, hire him? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the NFL doesn't care. The NFL cares about winning. If Harbaugh yeah. gives you the best chance of winning, you're going to hire Harbaugh, right? Like, these guys will push it just as far as it. Deshaun Watson got the most ridiculous contract in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Think about that. And this, we're not even talking – these things aren't even comparable. Like, is going to come out of a situation in which people are like, yeah, sign steal. I mean, Louis Riddick was talking about this on Get Up back when he was still in his personnel days. He He, he looks at this – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he's like, look, man, you got to have your head buried in the sand if you think this is a rare one-off occurrence. This is happening all over the place. I know that they took it too far. If you're Mark Davis or a team looking to turn around your fortunes, you will gladly sign up Jim Harbaugh. You're not worried about his reputation or anything that happened in Michigan. You know the guy wins. You'd love to bring him in the door.
1: Well, this is why I asked the question because it's so clear that it would not matter at all. So when you're talking about those other guys and their legacies, Lance Armstrong, Barry Bonds, your Jim Harbaugh, it's not going to matter. You're it's going to you're going to be into another job making 10 million dollars a year without blinking.
2: Without blinking. Oh no, your your career moves on, yes, but your reputation But for those
1: other guys, you really didn't. You know, like for Bonds, I mean he became a hitting coach for one year. And that was basically it. So I, I do think there's going to be a line drawn between what those guys are as cheaters and what Harbaugh is, is if, if in fact these allegations are true.
2: Yeah, agreed. I agree with that.
1: Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, thanks. We'll just wrap it up there. <laughs> I was right, and I went a long way to get there. What else? You know, you know? take
2: some real liberties with me being kind enough to give you the window to get out on time. I'm giving you the window, and as a result, you you turn that around into this big celebration of you which i admire because if i was in the seat i'd do the same
1: thing. exactly it is well it's jim harbaugh it's taking advantage (laughs) of every little tiny opportunity that you get carlin versus joe espn radio presented by progressive insurance save when you bundle motorcycle rv and boat insurance visit progressive.com let's get back to something i'm much better at
2: losers
1: (laughs) i am all about the losers we pick losers next on espn radio
0: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive
0: Sometimes to stay ahead of the pack, you need to roll a little different.
1: Pick giant losers.
0: Let's pick some losers.
1: Listen, anybody can pick winners. Anybody can do it. You can tell you who's going to lose. That's just as important, logistically speaking. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, are you ready to pick some losers this weekend.
2: I've been doing it all week. So there's nothing different about what's happening right now versus what I've done at any other point this week, save for last night. So yeah, right. let's go ahead and pick losers. Or as I like to call it, Thursday.
1: Panthers at Bears. And that is Thursday night football. And the Bears are
2: three-point
1: favorites over the Carolina Panthers.
2: Joe... Who loses this game? Panthers lose this game. This is an interesting game to break down from a spread perspective because it's like how do you lay three and a half with Chicago and no Justin Fields given everything you've seen from them this year Money moved in and brought this line back to three in some spots. That's a conversation for later. I think Carolina loses the game. Uh, Brian Burns, their top pass is out. C.J. Henderson, one of their corners, is out. They have been miserable all season long. This is not going to be a visually appealing game. I'm going to let you know that in advance. I believe the Carolina Panthers, Carlin, lose this game.
1: I agree. The Carolina Panthers do lose this game. And why? Because the Carolina Panthers don't give me reasons to ever pick them. Mm. Ever. The Bears will once in a while smack you in the face for not picking them. Like they did against Washington a few weeks ago when you look up and they roll up, what was it, a 35 spot or whatever that number was. I mean, they absolutely blew the doors off of Washington in that game. So I, too, am going to say that the Carolina Panthers lose this game on Thursday Night Football. Texans at Bengals. Bengals seven-point favorites, Joe. This is a scary, scary game to me. I say the Texans lose. This is going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be within the number. But I, I just think ultimately the Bengals are a better team. But the Texans are they're playing with such a huge confidence right now. And it's not just the quarterback. Miko Ryans is really doing a nice job in setting a tone with that team right now. And the way it looks to me is that they are ascending. I think they could be a 500 team or a game under or over it by the end of the year. They're 4-4 four and four right now. I just don't see them being ready to go into Cincinnati to win this game.
2: There are so many delicious teaser numbers out there this weekend. I'm going to be wheeling all of them between the Ravens, between the Seahawks, between the Bengals, the six-point teasers. I'm going to be heavy on those. More on that tomorrow. We'll break that down. Texans lose this game because this is too big a step up in class. Texans are on the rise. Texans have a lot to get excited about. But the Bengals aren't just Joe Burrow and the offense. And the offense a little dinged up. Jamar Chase battling some injuries here. This defense has been sensational. It's almost similar to the story you're seeing in Kansas City. Like, Burrow's been hurt, but the defense has stepped up in a big way, much like you've seen in Kansas City. I like the Bengals to win the game and keep cooking, but I think Houston is going to make this interesting, and their presence is going to be felt.
0: Packers at Steelers.
1: Steelers, three-point favorites at home against Green Bay.
2: (sighs) Gross. It really is. This game feels like 12-10, doesn't it?
1: It does. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Steelers are going to lose this game. Really? And it is going to be one of those ugly, ugly games. At some point, Joe, don't the Pittsburgh Steelers have to play offense before the last 10 minutes of the game? I mean, isn't that fair to expect to go and win a game? One would assume. I And I know what I'm doing here. I know what I'm talking about with Jordan Love. I know he hasn't been great. I know all of this. But I also know this team intimately, Pittsburgh, as a fan. And I tell you that this smells like one of those bad losses that they have at home every once in a while.
2: Wow. I mean, I I know guys that are on both sides of the equation here. I know some guys I trust that grabbed Green Bay plus three and a half. I know guys that jumped on Pittsburgh at two and a half. So they're obviously playing the game of shopping around, trying to find the best number. And this is all about the number rather than the team. Pittsburgh has been outgained in every single game they've played this season. I can't fathom that. It's the middle of November. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and the Steelers have a winning record with a minus point differential, having been outgained in every single game they've played this season. I still think the Packers lose because the Packers are downright dreadful. Home field advantage is the difference here, but good God, nothing will surprise me with this game. The only thing that surprises me is if this game's a shootout.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if this turns into what we saw with Cleveland a few weeks ago, I'll be absolutely
0: shocked. Browns at Ravens.
1: Speaking of Cleveland, the Ravens six-point favorites here. You've already got me thinking about that teaser, but I absolutely believe that the Browns will lose this game. Yeah. Uh, listen, I am the same fat, bald, just ingrate. <laughs> I'll use the word ingrate because I think in this case it's a, it's appropriate. Ingrate, that... Just a few weeks ago, called the Baltimore Ravens frauds.
2: Yeah, that was a big swing and a miss right there. Yeah,
1: I. Well, hey, listen, who, you warned who, me at the time.
2: Who called Stroud over Young? It's true. So you got it's that true. one.
1: I would say that's much bigger than this. <laughs> uh, with that in mind, Joe, uh, I'm not going to doubt the Ravens here for the next couple of weeks, at least. Uh, the Browns are a really, really, really good defensive team, but I do think. If you look back, the Ravens threw, what, 26 up on them before? 28. 28. Week four in Cleveland. Yeah. So with this game being in Baltimore, I say the Browns lose this game.
2: Cleveland's defense has been very good this season, but they haven't been consistently good. They went on the road to Indianapolis and gave up a very big number. They went on the road to Seattle and gave up a big number. At home this year, they gave up a big number to Baltimore. A lot of people could say, well, that wasn't with Deshaun Watson. Who cares? Deshaun Watson hasn't been any good this season. 62% completions, turning the ball over, taking a bunch of sacks. Ravens win this game. I think quietly, the one bet you might want to consider in this game is an over bet. Everyone's going to think this is about defense and the under. I think the over comes into play here. It's a really low total, and if you look at the, the team's that these two have beaten up on, they've padded the stats a little bit. Not to say Baltimore's not great. They are. But they've padded the stats a bit to where we might find some value in playing the over here. What's the total here? 44? No, it's it's like 38 or 38? something. 38? Jeez. Hold on. I got the, the, the old Don Best right up in front of me here. Shout out to the old school guys. Oh, Scroll through 10,000 rotation numbers to get to it. <laughs> But we're close. We're close. Filibuster. We're close. Filibuster. Nothing better than when you ask
1: questions on radio that you don't know the answer to. 38.
2: 38. I kind of like it. 44. That's like Chiefs-Rams from a few years ago. (laughs)
0: 49ers at Jaguars.
1: Jaguars, three-point underdogs at home. Get ready. You ready? I'm ready. You ready for me to blow you's minds? Go ahead. 49ers lose this game. Oof. Uh-oh. Right. Now Those, we're out over the skis What has two thumbs, no hair And has been all over the Jaguars this year That is true This guy That is true And I'm telling you This is an opportunity here For the Jaguars To really announce their presence So to speak To say yes Hey world We're a factor <laughs> World We're in the conversation Look at me Look at me I think the Jaguars will do enough to win this game. And, Joe, listen, they haven't done it well so far, but I'm just telling you, the Jaguars' run game might be a little bit bigger of a factor than you think. Travis Etienne hasn't been lights out this season. He's a really, really, really underrated player. i like the Jaguars to hand the 49ers yet another loss
2: disagree respectfully, of course, but disagree. That's fine. But if you're right, the Niners have lost four straight and that's a hell of a story. Come Monday morning. Hell of a story. Mm -hmm. The thing is the Niners had a couple issues going into their bye week. Defensively, they were a little mixed up. They were battling some injuries. Perfect time for the bye. Now they're healthy. Steve Wilkes is going to come out of the booth. He's going to go down and coach on the field. Kyle Shanahan thinks that could be better off. The thing with Jacksonville is that if you want to beat the Niners, you got to be able to run the ball. Cleveland ran the ball. Minnesota ran the ball. Cincinnati ran the ball. Jacksonville's 14th in rushing, 24th in yards per carry. So if they're not able to run the ball in this game, they're not going to be following the traditional script for how to beat the Niners. On top of that, Jags have been very good. Love the story. Completely agree that they're a force this year. Five-game winning streak. Four of those wins have come against teams that rank 20th or worse in offensive EPA. The Niners ranked third in offensive EPA. So this is a nice little step up for the Jaguars and an awesome opportunity to prove it to the NFL and get that respect they deserve. But I have the Niners winning this game. Meaning I have the Jaguars losing this game, which is the way yeah, I should yeah, phrase you, it because it is called
1: losers. Well, you can throw all your cute little numbers at me that you want.
2: <laughs> you mean the, the facts
1: and the data? I guess if that's what you want to call them. It's Carlin versus <laughs> Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Have the real Los Angeles Lakers finally stood up? You know, here's let me take you behind the curtain just real quick. Every once in a while, Evan will write a tease, and he'll write it factually, and it will actually be his opinion. Mm. So he's trying to sneak it in there, and he wrote it as the real Los Angeles Lakers have finally stood up. So he's saying Lakers, well, they suck. That is Evan saying Lakers suck. And that's, that's
2: him imprinting his thoughts onto you and I.
1: Exactly. I might think
2: the Lakers are the best team in the NBA.
1: But what did I do right there? Turned it into a question. Yeah. That's because this is, you know, no amateur operation. here.
2: Not your first barbecue, my friend.
1: And certainly not my last. (laughs) Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: It's the definition of a superstar. Great players are great in their own right. Superstars make the people around them great as well. And that's what LeBron does. Goes ahead to Caruso, lays it up, off the window. two hand dunk by the king. Things are not going exactly swimmingly so far for the Lakers. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Austin Rivers is the newest member of the ESPN team, ESPN NBA analyst. Of course, longtime NBA player, and he joins us in studio right now. Austin, it's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. We appreciate the time, man. And the last time you were on campus was when you were with Skip and Stephen A. Is that true? (laughs) Long ago. Long yeah, ago. Long ago, this is true. Wow.
2: So yeah. this is this is your second time the ESPN, but the first time you were here, you did first take with Stephen A and Skip.
3: Yes, that was that was my first time here.
2: What was that like?
3: It was cool, and man. We're gonna
2: kick our feet. You just go ahead, you talk as long as you like. We'd love to hear all
3: about it. <laughs> no, no, it was it was uh it was unique. I mean, especially for that to be my first experience. Um, I kind of just went right into it. Uh, I think I was like 19 at the time, so I was <laughs> cool. extremely I was extremely nervous. <laughs> yeah, of um, course. But uh, no, I mean, these are guys that, you know, everybody kind of watches yeah. on TV and obviously uh, Skip's gone on to, you know, a different network. But, uh, you know, it's <laughs> um, it, it was really cool, man, just like to be here. The campus has changed so much. Yeah. It's like a totally different vibe and feel here. And like you were alluding to earlier, you said they got like all this new stuff built. Built so
2: it up, man. It's huge. I got to
3: walk around and check that out. But um, yeah, no, I'm getting a little you know, nostalgia just walking around and starting to get that cold weather again and... All the fun and great things to do here in Bristol.
2: Get in, get out. You're here for, what, how long? And then you're going to be, you live in Florida and L.A. You'll be traveling around, but hit the Northeast now. You get the Fall Foliage.
3: Yeah. I took a drive to Greenwich yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, by the harbor and got me a little lobster sandwich lobster roll i'm doing everything man You're i'm doing really it i'm right. really i'm buying in yeah
1: <laughs> all right Austin. let's hit it with the lakers first off they can't win away from home they're only five away from home they're three and five on the year what do you see here as their biggest issue so far outside of the fact that ad sidelined at the moment
3: well that is you know i'll only touch on that just for a little bit you know uh you know my pops always used to tell me that the greatest skill a player can have is availability and there's no doubt AD is a great player. I played with him. I got drafted, actually, with Anthony Davis in uh, New Orleans. And he was a star from the get-go and is a very talented individual. But this is an issue, um, and it's been an ongoing one for him and the Lakers. He has consistently missed games. Uh, and, you know, he is a great sidekick or whatever you want to call it. I know LeBron said he's got to be the best player, which we know is ridiculous. But, you know, uh, he is the sidekick, but he's never by his side. He, you know, he's always he, – he misses a lot of games. And if LeBron James was 28 years old or 29 years old, I wouldn't be too worried about this. But him in his 21st season, not having his co-star next to him and him having this really load on his shoulders on a night-to-night basis right now, it's just too much, I think, to ask from LeBron, uh, which goes into the second issue and the major issue is the inconsistent play from the supporting cast. You know what I mean? They've, they've, when you think about it, the Lakers this entire summer, everybody talked about Rob Palenka having the most successful summer you know, everybody talked about the Lakers had the best summer. You know, They signed. If you look on paper, they got a lot of actually good good pros. I, I can go down the list. Torian Prince, uh, Christian Wood, who is supposed to be, I don't like calling anybody a poor man's version of something, but right. he is like a poor man's Anthony Davis. But he's a heck of a player who can put in numbers. You know, we need more for him, especially last night in Houston. You don't have Anthony, any Anthony Davis out there. Like, that's a game where you want Christian Wood to perform and play well. Uh, Torian Prince, they signed D'Angelo Russell back on a pretty solid contract. Uh, They got uh, Austin Reeves on a good contract. They have all these supporting cast players that have not consistently played well. I don't know what's going on inside that locker room. It's early, so I don't want to be too harsh or critical. Uh, I do think they'll turn around like always. It's just tough to count LeBron James out. That's a lesson I think we've all learned not to do. Um, but the supporting cast has to be more consistent, man. They, they haven't played well. They don't look like they're gelling. Their defense is just is awful. Um, so these are things that have to pick up and change in order for them to get back to kind of where we saw them at the end of last year when they hit that little run. They had that like momentum that they started to do where they ran through the playoffs and even got to the conference finals, which was incredible. So you know the talents there. They have great players. Um, they have good supporting cast players they got to fall in line, though. This this has to start getting going here.
2: Austin Rivers in studio. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Philadelphia off to an incredible start. I'm a Sixer fan, born and raised, and uh, they beat the Celtics last night. We've talked about this a lot on the show. You had a long career in the NBA. You played for a lot of different teams. So I'd love your assessment on this, but we talk about the importance of culture. Yeah. Right? Like, just... Liking where you go to work every day, having fun, good vibes with the guys around you. It makes the business part of it easier. Yep. Is that what's happening in Philadelphia? How important is that? There's
3: no price on happiness, man. There's no price on in going to work and enjoying going into the building. They don't have this looming question over their head now. You know What's going on with Harden? And is he happy? And where is he going to be traded? And Daryl Morey and like all these issues that they've been facing over the past year. This is now not an issue. And more importantly... There's just, like, clarity in their locker room. We know who the best player is. It's Joel Embiid. And now the ball is finally in the hands of this talented player who kind of had to take a back seat to James when everybody knew Maxi could be that guy. Yeah. We've been talking about him for a long time now. Um, and it's perfect for him this year because he's in a year where he's trying to go get that contract. He didn't get the extension last year that he wanted. Now he's in a situation where the ball's in his hands, and not only is he performing, he's playing at an all-star level. And I, this isn't one of those things where, like, He's starting out hot and he'll slow down. Like he's really like that good of a player. Um, I do think Maxie is gonna be an all-star this year. And he's playing at an elite level and they're playing free. They don't have the pressure. No one's saying that the Sixers are gonna win the finals. No one's saying like, you know, they have to go. I mean, that's kind of what the pressure was last year when they had James in addition to that. Uh, trust me, I I saw it firsthand just dealing, you know, looking at my pops and how many hairs? You know, he only has like, he only's got like 50 left, but now he's down to like 20. He lost a lot with, you know, that whole Philly situation. You know, that that was, trust me, Philly's not the highest of teams in my family's house right now. Everything that happened there. But um, it just looks like they're playing free and clear and they're playing without expectation or pressure. And it's they're thriving right now
1: you know what? You've got an incredible head of hair. I don't need to, I, I could see my it already. Mom. It's very nice. I don't need nice. to hear about it with your father being bald. As a bald guy to defend your father, don't rub it in her
2: face. Right? It looks really good. It looks really good. You I, got check, no I, check, you got I check
3: every morning to make sure I'm, I'm good, man. I, I hope I got my mom's side when it comes to the hair. Color,
2: oh. uh, thickness, he's, he's checked every box here. I can confirm. <laughs> I'm only a few feet away. I can confirm. Thank it's, you. It's you fantastic, welcome. and I'm not
1: next to you, and I can tell you that. Listen, let's get into the Knicks and Victor Webman-Yama last night. Th- did the Knicks actually do things to force him into that kind of performance last night where he's only four of 14 and really didn't look together or was it just more of the growing pains
3: it was both um i think mitchell and hartenstein did a great job they're they're physical with him i don't i don't you definitely got to give him credit and hartenstein played actually his butt off the entire game i mean just all over the glass rebounding making energy plays and he's a guy that you know a lot of times doesn't get credit but he played well Victor, you know, it's interesting, man, because, like, you want to criticize him, but it's like, my God, think about the week or the past couple of days. This guy was with billionaire, you know, Michael Rubin, who's tweeting and Instagramming that he's going to be the future goat, and he's riding the subway with 100 cameras are in his face, and then he's doing photo shoots, and he's taking photo shoots with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's tweeting about, like, bro, this is a 19-year-old going through this, and then this whole media charade, I mean, we're talking about him now. Everyone does. And he's going in the Madison Square Garden, and he's dealing with that and that limelight and that pressure and playing on that stage, which I don't even think he understood what it was going to be. You could see even yesterday when they asked him about it, he was like, it's smaller than yeah, I thought it was going to be. And then, you know, the game starts, and you could really see just the environment change. Um, and that's a lot for anybody, especially with the pressure that this guy has. And no player has ever faced this, by the way, because – When LeBron came in, it was 2003. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have TikTok. We didn't have any of these things. And Victor's dealing with that type of limelight, but in the social media era, it's a lot on him. And to speak about the game, you know, specifically, it looked like from afar that he kind of came into the game trying to, you know, put on a show instead of just playing and just being himself. His first shot, 20 seconds within the game, he launches a three, running into it. I don't mind him shooting a three. I would rather him shoot threes when he has a rhythm and he's already dominated in the paint and asserted himself inside. He's got to be an inside-out guy. There's nobody in the league that can guard him or even contest him when he's in the paint and they're throwing him the lobs. That, that was, that's what happened with his good games. If you, There's a consistency in the theme of when he plays one and doesn't. And when he starts inside-out, when he goes to the foul line, he made all, all of his free throws last night. He, he should be getting 10 to 12 free throws a game. He's skinny, man. This is a guy that anytime he gets bumped, it's going to look like a foul. He needs to go into the paint and dominate and assert himself with his length. And then once he does that, then you can make a couple jump shots on the outside and start taking those. But it just looked like a lot last night for him. I, 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 I kind of feel for him.
2: You grow, though. You grow from that, you end up getting better. This I'm is sure, all Carly. part of
3: his his growing pains, yep. man. This is all part of his growing pains. Who Victor's going to be four months from now is not who he is now.
1: Austin, awesome stuff. We appreciate you stopping by. Looking forward to talking to you more and. In- You know, you just you hang on to that hair like it is, you know, just the glory of every day. Enjoy it because you don't
2: know. You don't know. It's one of my pride and joys
3: at this point, man. I'm, I'm definitely. I got all the products. I'm, I'm doing my part. Simple live. life.
2: Simple life. You wake up. They're not gray. That's thick. No, man. I'm.
3: I'm doing my thing. I'm still training, man. I. You know, maybe I'll sign somewhere soon too. So you know, I'm still doing both. And excellent. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm still going after. I'm 31, man. Come on now.
2: You look good. You don't look don't age
3: me now.
1: I, I, I'm talking about my hair going bald. I'm not getting signed with this stuff. Man. No, I'm just yeah. jealous, and I want you to go and live every day. Yeah. Like it's. Like you're in Shark Week every day. That's what it has to be like.
3: (laughs) Uh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Austin Rivers, ESPN NBA analyst. Great stuff from him. Great insight from him as well. Joseph, every week this Thursday, every week on Thursday, I should say, it is time, at this time, for the Hembo Hammer.
2: You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge.
0: You have the answer to this week's trivia question. Oh,
2: I love trivia.
3: What's up, boys?
0: It's Hammer Time. This is the Himbo Hammer.
1: All right. We both got smoked last week, if I'm not mistaken.
2: No, 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 no. Michael Vick, I got it right. Oh, you got it right. We worked together, too. Oh, we did? Yes.
1: Good for you. I guess it it just tells you when I'm wrong. This
2: is a team effort. We sat there and we said, look, you liked Vick as well. You like Vic as well. He said, why don't we each take a shot at it? Instead of putting all our eggs in one basket, let's get a couple names out there so the yeah. show gets right. It's about us defeating Hembo, not us defeating each other.
1: Well, it just tells you when I'm wrong, that's all I'm focusing on. And I don't mean to be selfish. I just am. Okay. Why don't we get to the question? All right, here it is. Hey, boys. It's Hammer
2: Time, and today's question is this. Which active men's college basketball coach has reached the most Final Fours? Good luck. I don't care much for the way he started that. There was no energy. He usually is like, okay, boys, it's hammer time. Yeah, no, listen to this. Play the start of this again. Listen to this. Yeah.
3: Hey, boys, it's hammer time. And today's. That's a very Uh
2: flaccid intro. That's very flaccid. Why don't you just drop
1: the question in the mailbox and send it right to us next time?
2: 33 cent stamp. Thanks, Embo.
1: More energy to it. Which, let me hear the question again, just to be sure. Hey, boys, it's hammer time. And today's question is this. Which active men's college
3: basketball coach has reached the most Final Fours? Good luck.
2: I don't even care. When it's presented like that, I don't even care. We'll figure it out.
1: Hembo, the show killer. The answer, next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: be here for the uh, trivia challenge.
0: Do you have the answer to this week's trivia
1: question? Oh, I love trivia. What's
2: a boys? It's Hammer
1: Time. This is the Hembo Hammer. It is that as we do each and every week at this time on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Let us go back once again and hear the Hembo
2: Hammer question for this week. The correct answer is Tom Izzo. Ow! Nicely done, Fat wow. Fingers. Wow. What did you do? Hit the wrong button? I
1: hit the wrong button. I completely ruined it.
2: Well, I mean, Izzo's probably one of only a couple guesses there. I mean, what else would we have been uh, been guessing? Wow! All the, who, all the old school guys have been retiring. It was Izzo herself. Who did I just call the
1: show killer? Evan, what the hell just happened there? How did I do that?
2: All right, we're going to fix this. Do you guys want to guess who's second? Because Hembo sent me the top three. No, you because I was going to say second. Izzo. I was going to say Izzo. I'm not going to re- reposition my day. I'm still – I'm riding a heater. I got two in a row. Look at you. I. I it's I, on the I, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man for that. Yeah, it's all on How'd me. How did that – so what, you just hit the wrong button?
1: I just hit the wrong button. <laughs> I just hit the wrong button. I thought you were uh, going to catch it. it.
2: I but thought you were going to stop it. I thought I you thought I did too. Like it. Yeah, it felt like he was going to stop it. I
1: thought I was about to, And and here's the thing. Just to pull you behind the screen, like every day, I go through a painstaking process to make sure, just to make it easier for Handman, but honestly, because it's, it's truly that I don't trust Handman, that I can play the sound from here, right? Yeah. I go through this whole process. Listen, I have to be able to get it right, okay? And then Fat Fingers fires away on the answer as opposed to asking the question
2: again. At, Moving forward, executive decision, Handman's back in charge of the audio. You're out. He's in. I can't accept that. That's
3: no, also I'm, more work for me, Joe. So that, what's that? that? That's also more
1: work for me. So thank you. Well, we know what handman. All right. So what do we want to do? For what, the, how are we going to
2: solve this problem? I can't fire my own audio. I don't even know how to plug in my own headphones. Here's, here's, that was a five minute process this morning. I was like, "Handman, hey, I don't think this is right." He goes, "It's right. You plugged it in. You're good." I'm like, "I, I don't know. It feels a little loose." Turns out he was right. I just can't be me. Trust well, me. Here's how we're going <laughs> to yeah. fix the
1: problem. I'm going to be better. That's what it boils down to. I have to be better, Joe. All right, it starts
3: Harden. with. Bait. I was actually thinking I was going to pull down your sound. I was like, you—you
2: you heard it kind of fade out yeah, a little bit. I was like, he's got this. Don't I, worry, he's not uh, going to blow it. And then he I should just taken it all down. Hey, Carlin, you want to keep playing your sound? We'll address this at three o'clock. It'll either be you get to yeah. play your sound or you make your flight on time. This we'll, feels <laughs> like got to fl- make <laughs> a decision. This feels like a post-show <laughs> meeting needs to happen. Good lengthy
1: post-show <laughs> meeting here. Well, I will be doing it from Route One in New Jersey. Thank you. <laughs> so I have to make it t- <laughs> Hope it's I,
2: got good cell service, because otherwise, Handman's playing the audio. Trust me,
1: I'd much rather have a, a post-show meeting than make my way to Newark Airport.
2: <laughs> where, uh, where, where you got to go? Where's Rutgers at this weekend? Iowa. Oh my God.
1: Twenty-eight. Oh, Joe. this is
2: the. I forgot 28. the twenty-eight
1: point under. Twenty-eight is the over/under right now. Christine I mean, Lisi
2: brought this up earlier when she was doing the update, and she looks at me afterwards, like, almost confused to the point. She's like, I don't even know if I said that right. I'm like, you did. It's on Iowa. It's not yeah. on you. It's on Iowa that that happened. It's, 28 points for an over-under. Yes. And here's the thing. I mean, do like, we bet the over? Or are we sickos? No, we're
1: not, we're, we're, we're not sickos, but I love the over in the game. Are you even allowed to say that? I think I just did. All right, so – Gambling's legal in New Jersey, but that's it. I don't love it from any inside information. No, of course not. No, yeah, I don't God, ha-
2: this show is this show is beyond reproach. Okay. No, no, no. And I don't We are have, beyond but here's reproach. The
1: I I'm doing this show so I can't be down there for inside information right now. I can't go to practice or get any even if I had it. I wouldn't share it because I'm a man of
2: integrity. That feels suboptimal for me.
1: It does feel suboptimal for you. I prefer you to be in you, practice. Buddy. Let's
2: get Harry Douglas in here. Let's get <laughs> Carlin down the practice, and then we'll bring the big man back. We, we also can't send him to do the show from practice, you know, just in case Connor Stallions is watching. That's yeah, true. You gotta, college football these days, these practices are
1: going to be NORAD. <laughs> Listen, there's already enough security, trust me, and now they're going to double up on everything that's going on. Okay, so I'm going to guess second anyway, just to make myself feel better for really screwing this whole thing up. All right. I would say Bill Self would be second. Uh, how how bold? Yes. How bold? Bold. Is there and even bold.
2: another option?
1: John uh, Calipari.
2: Oh yeah, Calipari. All right, I'll, sure. take Cal- I'll take Calipari. Okay. All right, let's find out. So it is Tom Izzo. Yep. Rick Pitino is second oh. with seven, and John Calipari with six. I think Carlin forgot Pitino was active.
1: No, I just—he's at St. Uh, John's, isn't he? He is. I just chose not to acknowledge it. <laughs> okay. I'm not a Patino guy. I am not a Patino guy in any way, shape, or form.
2: Nobody asked, but it feels like you dislike him to the point where you really wanted to get that out there, huh? Uh,
1: dislike is a, a strong yet appropriate word.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, how is dislike too strong? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Is it the scandal or is it a personal thing?
1: No, it's not a personal thing. No, it, it's never a personal thing unless we're talking about Jim Gray. And even that's not really a personal thing. <laughs> is Jim
3: Gray uh, um, interviewing Rick Pitino your worst nightmare? That would Boy, be awesome.
1: I'm. I might throw my television win- uh, right out the window if that happened. If I had to watch the like, that's the way to ultimately torture me.
2: I would to- like both them in studio here the next time. Carlin's up, four <laughs> man roundtable.
1: That's gonna be Joe versus nobody. <laughs>